I bought a new Seiko, but why? Scottish watches turns 300. We look at the weirdest Omegas ever made. And Chris and I broach the controversial subject of spring bars. Welcome back to Casual Watch Talk. You're joined by Sam and Chris. Chris, how have you been? Ah, pretty good. And you, Sam? I have also been good, thank you. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Pleasantries Thanks abound. Thanks for asking. Pleasantries <laughs> abound. Pleasantries around, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, let's uh, let's roll straight into uh, wristwatch check. What's uh, what you're wearing there? All right, uh, I've got uh, for work today. Uh, went oh, back yeah. to the uh, what I call the like work everyday carry my Bell and Ross uh, BRV two ninety three GMT. This is like uh, my you know everyday work watch. I've got it on the same uh, styles that soft rubber strap that I had uh, my Zin on last week. And uh, just cause I have just, I was like, I wasn't, I wanted to wear it. And then I, you know, I said, maybe it's the strap. Um, I've had like hit and miss with bracelets. You know, I went probably three weeks with the bracelet for the Christopher Ward. Mm-hmm. And the weight of the watch plus the weight of the bracelet. I mean, it's not, it's a, it's a big, it's a decent size chronograph. It's a mechanical chronograph. It's got some heft to it. And kind of both of those things combined kind of put me off bracelets for a little bit. So I'm I'm enjoying the <laughs> I'm enjoying the rest of the summer with with uh, no bracelet. Oh, that's interesting because I'm wearing my Christopher Ward. No no surprise there. I, lo- I love this thing. Although I did buy a new watch, which we'll be coming to later. But I find that this watch, maybe because my bracelets are twenty mil. Okay. But this watch just suits the bracelet. Now you know I'm not. A huge one. Over the years, I've never really worn a watch consistently on the bracelet. And I just think this suits the bracelet more. And because it has that adjustable clasp where I find myself opening it more and closing it during the day, it's it's an ingenious design. I, I'm a big fan of the Christopher Ward yeah. bracelet myself. Yeah, no, I, I think the I think the bracelet's good. I just for whatever reason I just it's a bigger watch, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's mine. a bigger watch, yeah. and then it just it just was like, oh, you know, kind of heavy on the bracelet, and I was like, man, eh, maybe I could, you know, and uh, and and um, I often have this uh, the bracelet for the for the Bell and Ross GMT is fantastic, um, and I often have it on there. I'm yeah, I'm strange like that. I I, I think we had this discussion before, but it was like um, when it gets when it gets cold and raining, I'm going for the bracelet, and I I'm not sure why, but I just I'm not a like summertime bracelet guy, so yeah. And we'll go over this later because for a main topic, we're going to talk about spring bars, which seems boring, but it's, there's actually a lot to it. And I haven't worn a NATO for ages, but we'll get we'll get to that later. Anyway, should we dive into? So we've done wristwatch check, Christopher Ward, and you're on the Bell and Ross. I always look at Bell and Ross; they do make a, make some good looking watches. Yeah, yeah. Should we do another thrilling episode of Hit or Miss? I saw we we kind of was the middle of the road. We didn't get any flack for the last one. Everybody sort of agrees, I think, on the uh, on the Omega. They're like amazing, amazing uh, dial on a watch that's too modern. So it was kind of the take on that. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, this one, I think it's a Seiko. So we gave we were a bit up and down with Seiko last week, and I think we'll just continue that. Yeah, that, that yeah, just you know, beating them about, you know. <laughs> but let's share this with you now. Now, this first of all. This is the watch that's going to be hit or miss. It's the Turtle Turtle. But I nearly fell over 
when I went on this website because I'm like, this isn't a Seiko website. Where's the one picture <laughs> right. of each of the watches? Right. This looks awesome for yeah, Seiko. It looks pretty good. Right. With the background. Yeah, it looks really ready to it go looks for like a dive. they've at least put half an effort into yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And this is this is the like the main splash page. Ah, oh, great. Yeah, they've done a fantastic oh, job. Normally you get one sterile picture of the watch. Right. I think right. they're up in their game. I think they have to, yeah. don't they, these days? Yeah. That like standard Amazon white background square with uh, no marking on it. Like that's the that's the like super, you know, every retailer has to do that, but they also don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah. When it, when your whole marketing team is like, oh, TGV will talk about it and it'll sell. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, uh, these are, so they're, they're, t- they're turtles, obviously, but what's mm-hmm. funny about them is they're, turtle turtles right so they've actually taken yeah the shell on them there's they've got this rust colored one they've got turquoise or teal i suppose it's also called Mm. and then this blue one here i've asked the local ad here whether they're getting any in and they are so i will i'll be having a look at one and we'll we'll get more to the uh, ad in a bit yeah but what do you i mean these dials these dials are going to be spectacular yeah i'm sure Seiko, I mean, Seiko does a does a great dial. Yeah, absolutely. So they're going to be 750 bucks. I don't think, I think they're just based on the turtle. They're not based on the, what was it called? The king turtle. Okay. So it is that standard movement, isn't yep. it? it doesn't, yep. Oh, it has got sapphire crystal. Oh, okay. Reflective coating. Oh, there good. There we go. Good, good, good. What do we think then? I'm, I'm going to say hit. I think it's cool. We love the turtle think, here, right? Yes, I think they're cool. I, I reserve my judgment about the m- movement that they're perhaps using a seven fifty, but I suppose it's reasonable. I think it. Well, I also think it's a hit, so we'll go with. I'll go. We'll go with hit. Hashtag turtle, turtle, turtle. <laughs> well, believe it or not, I, we were talking about this watch last week, and I just fell for it. I, I didn't technically break my Seiko rule, which is that I'm not buying a Seiko mechanical until I can afford a spring drive. <laughs> but it was that that quartz speed timer i couldn't resist it chris after we talked about it last week the the blue here so it's it's not yet available but i went in to speak to my neighborhood ad which is a little plug from here orlando watch company so nick said that actually they're only getting a handful in the seiko rapid bin and they're getting three of the whites one of the blue okay and then uh, I think one of the black as well and um, so I was like I've got to have the blue so I went in I had to pay retail for it because it was a pre-order I'm just hoping that I can get a review out quick as soon as I get it but yeah really really kind of fell for fell for this one I'm, I think it's do you think it's expensive for quartz 675 it probably is isn't it but I mean I'm really we're, you know it's we we talk about this all the time I mean like this 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 price point has been banded about many times it's you know if you love it if it's a great looking watch if you you know if it's if it's your thing then then you know yeah it may be a little it may be a little bit higher price but you're not necessarily you know there are plenty of uh there are plenty of other watches there that are that are higher priced than that that are still only quartz i haven't been excited about a seiko for a, a long time and i'm really interested to see what this is a couple of thing things people pointed out to me first of all it's only got two micro adjustments on the bracelet but the bracelet does look like it's completely solid i wish they'd put some decent photos on there 
It looks to be nicely proportioned. I'm really interested to see this quartz, the V, the VK192, I think it is in there. I'm interested to see the dial on video. I want to see, maybe give me a better indication, because I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it, it, again, we, you know, it's it's this, this, uh, you know, e-commerce white background bright white background you're like well it's a blue watch so but blue watch on a bright black bright white background is going to look a little different so that'll be interesting to see what color it actually is because now you're you're ordering you're pre-ordering it so you haven't seen it in person taking a little bit of a risk okay they did say that they'd seen one in blue and the blue was a lot better than the photos and i believe i believe it too yeah I i was that so, yeah, they, I mean, I, I, with the Seiko dials, they are one of the companies that I would take a chance on for for the for their dials. Like if you know, if it looked a certain way, I would definitely take a chance to say, you know, for Seiko, I was like, eh, yeah, take the chance. It's probably going to look better than than their hot white uh, e-commerce photo. That's that's great, and uh, you uh, hopefully you'll be first on the scene to report the uh, 24-hour change. I'm hoping that as soon as they get it in, I'll, I'll get it. I'll I'll put a review together quickly. Fly over so. there. Just to, just get. Well, take they the... they're only down the street, luckily. But, oh, well, uh, I mean, you know, yeah, take they, the chopper uh, if you need to. Take the chopper. Yeah, exactly. I'll get the. Oh yeah, you mean the the news chopper? Yes. Take the news yes, chopper exactly. out there. we're live at the Seiko AD. One of the interesting things they did say as well is they might be getting the mechanicals in. So if they've got one of those, I'm gonna beg beg them to let me review one and they also might be getting the turtle turtles in which we did on hit or miss so i will yeah so yeah i'll let you put know the uh put the hard case with all the uh slr and lighting equipment in the helicopter when you go down there oh yeah absolutely. <laughs> for sure absolutely awesome. well i'll keep everyone posted it's it's due in november so hopefully i've only got a month to wait before we dive into the main part of the show i wanted to do a little shout out for another podcaster and that is scottish watches so ricky reached out to me and i hadn't realized chris they've got up to 300 episodes good times they've just celebrated their 300th episode they released the podcast i think it was on a couple of days ago now so it will have been out about five days by the time i edit this one together yeah they celebrate in 300th episode they interviewed the wife and daughter of gerald genter Oh, that's great. Which was, it's fascinating because his wife was super knowledgeable about his watches. Oh, that's she great. She was wearing one of her own, knew the numbers and everything. Oh, that's great, yeah. She really, obviously, she was very devoted to him and mm. and um, the daughter as well. So the daughter was wearing a mini Mouse watch, which he, which they gifted to her when yeah. she was a, was a child. One of the, Ger- yeah, one of the Genta, well, he's done... Yeah, yeah, the the Mickey Mouse hands. We we just saw the new, the new one that was uh, released or in that re-released, uh, re-edition style. Pretty cool. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. Three hundred's a big. That's a big number. Absolutely. Yeah. So I won't spoil it for you. Head on over there. Hopefully, uh, we'll get on our show also. Hopefully, we can get onto uh, Scottish watches as well. But one of the interesting things that I didn't know about um, Scottish watches, Chris, was they're ranked in the top 10 of UK Apple podcasts under the hobbies and interests category. And the top 50 in the US 
And starting, they started in January, and they only started in January 2019, and now they're at episode 300. So we need to all part a game. They're doing two a week. Yeah, yeah. All right, but well, they don't do the YouTube one, so they don't have the, um, you know, they don't have to put all the makeup on and everything. Right, like the crossover. You got to get this. You got to clean this set up. I mean, this is yeah, this yeah. Takes have time. a full a full production crew know, and a professional editing team. Yeah, this takes that, time. Uh, <laughs> that may or may not also work for Teddy Barbazar. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, so well, yeah. So uh, congratulations, Ricky and team, uh, on three hundred episodes. This next story, it's it's something that popped up on Hodinky, and Hodinky have some great photos, so I thought, why not show them off? I, I knew somebody who collected these particular Omega watches, but I have certainly, people have mentioned it on all, our forum, and you see it crop up all the time, where somebody will show a picture of these Omega Dynamics and ask whether they're real or not, and I oh, right, feel yeah. like that's a legitimate question because they do look fake they They, look like fake omegas yeah it's that it's that style of the um typeface that they use for the arabic numerals that that uh script slanted style that's totally unique that you don't that you don't see in in a lot so i mean you just yeah I, i think the other place you see them is the super 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 cheap seiko watches from india the yes. like seiko fives the like you know that are that are that are like remade you you see that corner that sort of that sort of font uh typeface style so and but, it also looks like you know. it's overprinted, isn't it with the orange over the white letters when you see them it looks like it's a almost like a slight printing mistake they're fascinating i mean this one is is a fascinating one as well and uh, uh, joe i don't know if you're listening joe but uh, joe who was a friend of the show who let me review a couple of his watches a long time ago he collects these and they are pretty cool in person and the article kind of revolves around the history of them the dynamic watches and also the fact that they're pretty cheap to pick up they haven't they haven't yet hit their peak right i wonder if it was maybe for a different market Maybe like the like the Mark Forty, you know, like for the for the Japanese market that they I, I just similar uh, where Omega sort of you know uh, with the with all the numerals on the Speedmaster and marketed it and you know uh, seemed like a Japanese market for them for that. So that'd be interesting to maybe dig into and find out sort of where. Where were those, you know, who were those marketed to? I need to get hold of one so I can do a proper review of one. But Hodinki did a really interesting article. As with everything, we'll leave a link in the description down below. But it just reminded me, I've seen it on a couple of forums where people are like, is this a real Omega? Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it, it is. And it, it does actually look like that. It reminds me of the uh, the North flag, I think, gets that too. I think, oh, I right. Think, yeah, I think people see the North flag and they're like, wait, is this a it's this tutor on the dial what is this because it's just it's not like any other any other style it's a super unique style do you know what i saw today i was in uh, whole foods and the the cashier had a black bay 58 on oh. with the bracelet now i own you know i own the black bay 58 <laughs> yes. with that ridiculous nato strap oh I, god i know, I know yeah. but um it looks incredible on the bracelet Ugh. And you I've were like, never you need to give that to you, you call him out. Come on, Sam. You got to call him out. He doesn't, no, he's not, he's thing. very anti. 
he's such he's such a nice uh british not confrontational guy see see i i would have said something and then i would have gotten into a fight about it or something. oh about him having the bracelet where'd you get that bracelet <laughs> oh no no well uh yeah i picked my moments so are perhaps nicer on the thing um well, let's. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so I saw it, it, and it looked awesome on the bracelet. Yeah, that's but great. we're going yeah, off on a bit of a tangent here. That's no problem. Next story is from Watch Pro, and this is interesting. Mm. And I, I've got, I have, I had like a little chuckle, and we had a little chuckle about this before. So, it, the title of the article is "Dreams of Owning a Rolex Are Driving Every Other Brand to the Margin," and it's an it's an interesting article about how. Uh, 55 when 55% of watch buyers want a Rolex the rest of the watch companies are fighting for this 45% margin what i thought was interesting was watches of switzerland they've they've done they've got some interesting statistics in this article chris mm-hmm. one is that watches of switzerland group says that 80% of the sales only come from 10 brands okay and that in fact 80% okay yeah this is, and then it says this is obscure in the fact that the business used to share until last year, which is that over half of the sales were from Rolex. Right. So they must have really been hurting with these, con- the, with this lack of supply. Yeah. And then what, what, what made me giggle about this article? Because it's like, why are you giggling about statistics? But Richemont Group, who own Watchfinder, commissioned a survey where they interviewed twenty thousand watch lovers from over a hundred and forty countries. And it says Rolex dominated them, dominated the response, which wow. Chris is, of course, hilarious because yeah. Richmond Group don't own Rolex. Right. right, right. Wow. I know. I mean, that's a tough, that's a tough one to swallow. Yes. Yeah. And they were saying that essentially these survey surveyors, if money was no cost, they majority of people, not only do they love Rolex, but they're mm. saying that the best Rolex to own is the Daytona, the platinum one. Oh, yeah. Uh, the one... Um, and it's saying that the Patek was the second most popular watch brand, which of course isn't a Richemont one. And then it says um, <laughs> get, Omega came in. At, yeah, Omega came in at third place. And it said Watch Pro, um, Watch Pro here is very diplomatic. They said disappointing to Richemont since <laughs> it ultimately funded the study was the discovery that only a Langenzunna from its staple made the top five. <laughs> wow. Now it, it, you had mentioned so you said uh, you said that of their so this is the uh, you said watches of Switzerland of their top so the eighty percent of eight brands as that was was that this takeaway ten brand yeah so uh, so a separate statistic was yeah. that watches of Switzerland group says that eighty percent of its sales comes from ten brands ten brands okay so uh, and then a half of that right so I don't know why they didn't say forty percent but yeah. they're saying like half of those sales are, are Rolexes or were yeah. Rolexes I could probably name those ten brands. I'm thinking yep. about like a watches of Switzerland. Like it just says you go around, you know, yeah, Hamilton, Car- ha- uh, Cartier, yeah. Breitling, um, may- maybe Be- they do. I think yeah, yeah, t- yeah. May- maybe Bell and Ross. Maybe I wouldn't expect them to be high, but I don't know. Um, uh, long jeans. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, Hamilton. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. Like it, that would be interesting to sort of see because it's all it, it, we have a we sort of have a view when we walk into a watch like when you walk into a, a, a watches of switzerland or you, you walk into some of these these swiss watch dealers 
and you see the booths or the spaces that they have and they're pretty well divided but it doesn't it doesn't give you the indication that it's like that back corner where Cartier is I'm sure is moving way more stuff off across that counter than maybe you know like a long jeans or a hamilton that's that kind of thing so when it came to the most wanted wristwatch models six of the top 10 were from rolex as you'd expect oh, wow. so 16% wow. of the survey respondents named the daytona of course in second place the submariner uh, the nautilus came in at third followed by the gmt master and then the rolex J- date just uh, the royal oak crept in the top 5 with 3.9% and then uh, it said amongst and, other and and they said designs. like watch enthusiasts so this isn't like men men and women off the street this is like this is this is folks that yeah they call them 20,000 watch lovers from 140 yeah, that's, countries that's a that's a pretty good i i think that's i think that's good data because i don't i don't i wouldn't think that there are 20,000 like watch enthusiasts like maybe in the country maybe in the united states total you know like you know super hardcore listeners and and viewers and plus of they're our going channel. on watch finder so they're looking for <laughs> right. pre-owned watches aren't they true uh, true so, yeah. so they'll usually know they're not just uh somebody who doesn't perhaps know a lot about rolex and would just go into a rolex mm-hmm. store or something like that they're obviously doing their research when they hit the watch finder website uh, speaking of used uh did i see that crown and caliber is now hodinky are they are they sort of rebranding that no, I wondered this. Somebody posted it on the Facebook group, didn't they? Either it's... I know that they're partnered, aren't they? And then Hodinkee did this long video about how they were going to service every pre-owned watch before they sell it, that, service yeah. and polish it. Yeah. So I think you're right, because I think Crown and Caliber did. They inspected they did, yeah. every watch, didn't Correct. they? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I think they did sort of the same... I wonder if the Crown and Caliber marketing is going away or the brand is going away. Yeah, possibly. It still looks like the website is branded Crown and Caliber because what when didn't they? Yeah, you're right. I think I think ultimately it will do because they weren't they doing Hodinky selection from Crown and Caliber, and they had a few pieces on Hodinky's website from Crown and Caliber. But I wouldn't be surprised if it if it if they went completely to what you're thinking, like a Hodinky pre-owned or... Yeah, or it was, it was, it. yeah, they, they, I saw an article that was like something like that. It was like, you know, like Hodinky pre-owned. And we talked about this on the Facebook group a little bit. It's, you know, you know, go capitalism, you know, sell, sell whatever you can, but at the same time, a little, it definitely crosses the line, blurs the line a little bit when, you know, you have the article about the watch and then you have the, the sale of the watch and then the used sales of the watch it kind of you know the whole supply chain yeah it's like the um somebody that's that's made the film distributed the film then reviewed the film (laughs) and then sell and then sells you the film yeah on dvd and it's fine you know again it's fine but it it reminds me of like uh, when we were kids you know with nintendo power you know where we we thought you know like oh this is great magazine that tells you all the magic tricks about all the games we want to buy these games and play these games and you're like and then you find out as an adult you're like yeah nintendo owned all of that then you're like what what is this trick <laughs> and the cartoon that they did as well right they were like everything we were was, hooked we were, ch- we were hooked. kids of the kids of the 80s and 90s hooked 
Well, I, what I thought we would talk about for the for a bit of a main topic, Chris, was the exciting world of spring bars. Now, what spurred me on, I was researching spring bars myself, and then I came across this article that uh, Jack Hodinky wrote. It was some time ago, and it mm-hmm. was about the history of spring bars. So I thought, oh, great, we'll do a little story on the history of spring bars, but it, it is boring. So <laughs> right, what I, right. <laughs> What I thought I mean, we'd do. It, the, it, yeah, the title definitely doesn't catch me. Doesn't catch me. Don't title it, this video that. <laughs> yeah, if you if you if you're if you're into engineering and like how spring bars came about and how they work, then it is interesting and also yeah. it, it makes some interesting facts. Like yeah. you know, the same spring bars are used on two hundred dollar watches or f- you know, seventy-five thousand yeah. dollar watches. Yeah, I feel this is uh, this is great for a like a black and white nineteen forties. You know the humble spring bar, and like the with the machines manufacturing it. And you're like, yeah, that's I could watch that on YouTube for about six minutes. So perfect, yeah. yeah. Spring bars, the danger, <laughs> right? Right. Do you, you know could easily you... lose lose an eye with a spring right. bar. Do you know where your spring bars are? You know where the, where where they come from. Where are your spring oh, bars? Where are your spring bars at yes. night? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the roaming the streets. There is some there is some interesting little bits in here. If you're really into you know, early um, design and invention and stuff like that. It is interesting. It does go into a lot of history. But what I wanted to talk about was it, it's a subject that it's so integral to the watch, but nobody ever really talks about right. spring bars. Yeah. And I'm, I geek out a little bit about spring bars. I, I was never a fan of quick release ones, but I've changed my view on that. Okay. I'll only wear the fat bars, which I'll show you okay. for NATOs because yep. I'm paranoid about NATOs. I read somewhere, and I totally believe this, now that I've, you know, I've, I've handled the, a number of watches and, and you know, pre-owned, etc., um, I'm pretty sure you can tell, like I've heard watchmakers be like, these aren't Rolex spring bars. These aren't Tudor spring bars. These aren't like high-end. Like they'll t- like they, you t- you get the loop out and you take a look and you're like nope, I mean I I I thought about sorting mine. I've got some. I try to keep the spring bars that came with the bracelet in that same pack of hardware. Like don't mix that in with the with the with the normal with the with the uh, bushel barrel ones that you can get on you know Amazon or whatever. I was joking a little bit in the um, headlines about it being controversial, but I have got. It might be unfounded, but I've got a weird obsession. I will not put a NATO on a strap, uh, on a watch, unless it has these fat bars. Okay. So I highly recommend these from Holbens. Okay. They are much thick. They're much thicker. Okay. And actually, Uncle Seiko, all of his straps will accommodate these much thicker spring bars because they're the same thickness or similar thickness to Seiko ones. Uh, except these have the little a little lip on them, so they're easy. But I'm convinced, and I've had this happen to me, and you see it a lot on forums, and I, I, this is totally conjecture on my part. I've got no evidence to prove this, but I'm convinced that certain NATO straps put unnecessary strain on watches. So you'll often oh, see, oh, my NATO saved my watch. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but... But did it, or did it? Did you have like a really thin spring bar on there? Right. And the NATO, because the NATO applies pressure in different ways. I don't know what your view on that is. 
I, I agree. I think there's a there's a fulcrum there where when you weave when you weave a NATO strap through the spring bars, you get you get a different pressure. So normally, if you just had like a, a spring bar holding onto a leather strap, you basically only have a, a pull in one direction. You know, he's basically pulling on it um, from away from the lugs of the watch. When you weave the NATO through there, there's a little bit of downward. And the way they, um, a lot of people, I used to think that there was some magical tool that drilled uh, the lugs. And it's actually not a magical tool. It actually is just a drill bit at a slight angle. So I, I used to think that like they came in with like this right angle, super special drill bit to get the, and you're like, no, 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 this is too complicated. They take the case and they hold it at a certain angle and it's like a 10 degree angle. You can't tell. Uh, but again, so you have this slight angle of where the lugs get drilled. And so depending again on how that happened and like how, if you have these like chintzy, cheap uh, spring bars that, that don't have enough engagement into the watch i could totally see it i could totally see it i always use the fat bars if i'm using natos for a long time i was not convinced about quick release spring bars and i think that's because you used to get them on cheaper straps didn't you it's it's only recent years like on my christopher ward uh, there's quick releases and it works amazing because sometimes Getting normal spring bars on a bracelet that yep. has integrated end links is yeah. Is, I was it, it I, drive you insane. I was uh, the the silicone Bartons that came with the quick release. I was a little nervous of those when those first came out to the point where I I on my turtle because I knew I was going to be in the lake with it. I just swapped it out for a solid. I don't think I could get a fat one in there, but I just I just swapped it out for a good known solid spring bar that it was like it wasn't gonna. I was just I was like this thing because it because it's just the one, you know, it's just the two piece strap. Um, I'll say this, uh, and this is a this is a plug for Campagnato Club, my watch strap company. So take that as you will. Uh, but if the quick release, if the little uh, if the little I'd say, what is it called? Like a little, the little tab or the little, little yeah. handle thing. Yeah, the, if the little tab, if that thing is not digging into your thumbnail when you're trying to compress it in order to get it on your watch, it's, it's no good. I mean, it should have some, some pretty good tension. I find um, the, the rubber strap that I've got on today um, as well, um, you know, like you got to really dig in there. And, and so I find the newer ones, they, they sort of fix that. Um, but I've definitely held some some pretty chintzy ones where you know you feel like it just would like flip over and and pop off. Yeah, I totally agree. I think I've got a lot more comfortable now. And these Christopher Ward one uh, on the Christopher Ward strap, they've got some huge, very substantial tabs on them, haven't they? They're oh yeah, on the machined. on the bracelet. Yeah, it was the first. It was a first for me to see a bracelet with the quick change with the quick change. Uh, but they're really like substantial like two millimeter square tabs yeah and not, and they, they compress from both sides right. as well don't they it's not yeah. just from one side and not like a little bolt that like you know locking pin bolt that comes over i, I actually like that other companies do this I'm, this isn't a particular plug for christopher ward um 
veyer on their metal strap theirs is is quick release but i would highly recommend it because it, it getting quick release on on a bracelet is an advantage because you don't you tend you won't scratch the watch either getting the spring right. tool in there which yep. can easily happen i use masking tape oh, yeah. to maybe that's a little tip uh, if for a new watch or if i'm changing the watch strap on somebody else's I will put masking tape over the lugs on each side, it, assuming that it doesn't have the the quick release spring bars on it. But um, yeah, you, you getting yeah no, I, doing the strap change with the with those, it's just it's night and day. I mean, I can I can I brought the bracelet for the Christopher Ward to a watch meet, and halfway through the meet, I was like, ah, oh, let's you know, let's yeah, let me show you what the bracelet's like, and just was like. And I, I 100% would never do that with any of my other, like, any Zen, Bell & Ross. No way. Because that is, like, first of all, like, you don't want to, like, this, the Bell & Ross in particular, the lugs bend down pretty fa- fast. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're a little thin. And the solid end link fits that shape so well and so, so perfectly that it's hard to get in there with the spring bar. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah, I that's uh under lighting and the watch glasses with the loop on and like getting in there with the spring bar tool and yeah, maybe some tape to, like that's a process. That's like a that's a winter time we're switching to the bracelet. <laughs> one one thing I will say uh, it, whilst we're talking about spring bars and it was a very early video that I made of the of a spring bar system that I dislike intensely and that is for fortis watches where they have the bar with the screw right because i had it where i think it would probably be fine on one of their metal bracelets but on their rubber bracelet there's a and their um, leather bracelet there's a hard plastic insert and the problem is is it misaligns the the hole the hole is only big enough to accept the exact right positioning of the bar is hard to explain on here. Like as the pin, as it comes all the way through one side, the leather, the tube between the leather and to the other side. And so then you're 22 millimeters to the other side. Fraction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A fraction out and you can't get it through. It should be, it mm-hmm. should almost be shaped, shaped like conically at the end so that it it will, it will reseat itself, but it doesn't. And honestly, it was, I sent, end up sending the watch back because I couldn't get the strap back on. And I sent it back to Joma shop and they accepted it. I said, I can't get this strap back on. And they were like, oh, a strap change is a modification. I'm like, it isn't. I just tried to change the strap. And they did, they did take it back. Oh, I good. made a video on that. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people had issues That's with it. I actually took it down. Yeah. Uh, it, it, uh, another thing, to, uh, like from an engineering standpoint, if you cross-thread those lugs, if you cross-thread those threads, you are, you just, <laughs> you're not getting anything on there. You can't. You know, you'd have to switch over to a to a, and I bet it's I bet that pin is probably bigger than a standard size oh, spring yeah, it's, bar. It's a proprietary to that, right? Yeah. So then you can't put any strap on it. That's great. Yikes! Yeah. Have you have you ever experienced a watch? I don't often see them. I just was I was just noticing it on Holbins here. I, I don't know whether I like them, but the curved spring bars. I know there's a Hamilton, the, um, I forget what it's called, uh, Todd's got one, hasn't it? Is it the, um, yeah. the Pan-European? I think, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. They they have those spring bars. Typically, these are for watches, would you say, that have 
a very small distance between the lugs and the case. Yeah, I was actually going to point out, so your your enjoyment of the fat spring bars, I definitely could not fit fat spring bars on this watch. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I think the Christopher Ward with the chronograph, the way, the, how close the lugs are to the chronograph, I think it'd be a tight fit there too. And you'd have to really like crank the strap through. And then there again, you're putting sort of extra stress on that, that spring bar. Um, so this is a, this is an interesting solution. I have seen it. I think it was the, what is the brand? What is that car brand that does the Mio Miglia? Um, Shepard. Okay. I think I think I was at uh at a at the Shepard AD, and I saw something of theirs. I think they did it because um it, it was a particularly tight fit, and they went with a very luxurious thick leather bracelet. Or leather, not bracelet, leather strap, and so uh, just need it. Just needed a little bit more flex room to kind of get around the 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 head of the watch. I think you're just reminding me as well. Another thing that I would highly encourage you, if you can get the thicker spring bars, leather NATOs, because sometimes those are brutal on the on the trying to get them fed through the spring right. bars, and right. then actually the pressure that they must exert an incredible amount of pressure the leather ones because you're having to sort of depending on how supple the leather is obviously you're having to sort of form it around your wrist but um yeah so here we go it's just a little this isn't like a spade paid sponsorship for holbens but i just noticed that they have these yeah and you've had good luck with them that's good yeah yeah absolutely so just i just get very particular about my spring bars and i know we haven't talked about it on the show before so yeah i i need to i i get like i'm i'm in the bucket of like i've got a bucket that is just marked 2220 and now you've made me petrified because i've definitely gone through it and taken a look again with the loop and just quickly been like yeah this one's garbage Bing. and then i like yeah this one isn't good you know typically ones that you get free with watch straps i tend to think are not that yeah good. yeah especially if you're buying on for AliExpress or something, they always send like the really like hair thin spring bars. I wouldn't. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that, that definitely, yeah, the two tips there is like sort of pay attention. And uh, so far, so good with my, my tip of hanging onto the spring bar, the original spring bars that came with the bracelet. Yes. Those are, you know, put, keep those in the bag and then, uh, you know, and then, and then maybe pick out something that's, that you spent more, you know, I, uh, I picked up, a there was a kit on amazon that i am sure that it almost went straight in the trash and it was like one of those ones where i needed a i needed a funky size for um a g-shock okay and so i had like i think it was like a 14 mil it was this tiny little tiny one and you know and it's it's classic classic amazon it's like why buy one for four dollars when you can buy a pack of 80 for six dollars you know this kind of thing Go go Amazon Prime, not not a plug, and uh, it it came in, and I mean, I won't even use like I should just I should just toss it because like I, the the twenty and twenty two mil in there they're super thin, they feel cheap, and I yeah I, I 
I'm with you. I think you can notice. I haven't been a stickler about it, but I I totally agree. Now I'm gonna now I'm now I'm gonna obsess about it. this. Is my new watch obsession, Sam. My new spring <laughs> well, watch obsession. Well, exactly. Well, anyway, guys, let us know over on the Facebook group, and thank you to all the new members that have joined this week. Uh, let us know on the Facebook group if you're obsessed about uh, spring bars as I am. Uh, as always, we really appreciate you listening and watching on YouTube, and we'll see you next time on Casual Watch Talk. Thanks, guys. Bye.